You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rheumatology Podcast. I'm Dr. Pankti Mehta, currently working as an assistant professor in the Department of Clinical Immunology and Rheumatology at King George's Medical University, Lucknow, India. And today we have the privilege of having Professor Laura Coates and Louise Haley with us to discuss their paper, The Top 10 Research Priorities in Psoriatic Arthritis, published in December last year. Over to you, Louise and Laura. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Hello, everyone. So my name is Louise Haley. I work as a research assistant in psoriatic arthritis at the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. And my role in the James Lind Alliance priority setting partnership that we're going to talk about today was to coordinate the project. So my name is Laura Coates. I'm an associate professor at the University of Oxford with a research interest in psoriatic arthritis. Um, And I was at that time also chair of the British Psoriatic Arthritis Consortium, which decided to set up a James Lind priority setting partnership, looking at what the key unmet needs were in psoriatic arthritis. And I chaired the programme of work. That sounds amazing. Some good work being done there in psoriatic arthritis. Okay, so moving to the paper. The premise of the paper is very simple, and I think there lies the beauty of it. That is asking the patients themselves, the caregivers and clinicians in a joint effort to identify key areas of research in psoriatic arthritis. But I'm sure this isn't easy to translate into the practical scenario. And uh, there are some alliances and partnerships that led to the idea of this work. Uh, Could you explain a little bit more what the James Lind Association and the priority setting partnership is? So the James Lind Alliance is um, funded and set up by the National Institute of Health Research, which is funded by UK government money. And they run a number of these priority setting partnerships. So essentially they set down the methodology for how to do this and how to do it well. And then a number of different groups work with them and collaborate with them to develop priority setting partnerships in particular diseases or areas of the body. Um, There's a massive variety of priority setting partnerships. So as I said, within um, BritPact, we decided this was something we wanted to do for psoriatic arthritis to help guide research Um, particularly in the UK, but also internationally, and to really get a good idea from patients, uh, carers and clinicians about what they wanted to know. So we're very lucky in that the James Lind Alliance have a very organised and tested methodology for doing this. And we had collaboration with a James Lind Alliance member of staff who helped us through the process and was our kind of key collaborator there. And that allows us in the the end to get really good ideas about what the research needs are and how they're prioritised. And hopefully for the future, that will help to guide research efforts. It's very well. And I guess from what I read, it's one of the first uh, priority setting partnerships in rheumatology. That's right. It was the, the, the first one within rheumatology within the United Kingdom. And the other thing I was thinking about you saying it sounds simple was um, it, it, as simple as it can be following 
appreciating the the guidance and the expertise of James Lind Alliance, who Laura said are really good at supporting you and guiding you through the process. But the un, unpredicted thing at the time we were starting was the COVID-19 pandemic. So I think it's fair to say that as we entered the journey, the pandemic struck the UK and all the, the planned activities were going to be in person. And we had to very quickly move to having a, a completely online presence from start to finish. Um, we were fortunate that other priority setting partnerships ahead of us were further down the journey. So by the time we got to our final workshop where we decided the, the top priorities, other people had had a similar experience and guidelines were then written up. But yeah, I think that was possibly one of the greater challenges that we faced. I think that was faced by all of us in some or the other way. And we had to modify our plans accordingly. But it's great that you could take this entire effort online in such a beautiful way. Could you explain the methodology in brief, like how you went about doing the online surveys and then the refining and then the workshop? So we put together a committee of people living with psoriatic arthritis, um, clinicians, researchers, methodologists, so that we had a very broad committee overseeing the whole process. And essentially, there's kind of three main stages. So the first stage is a survey to collect ideas. So we just ask people what their question is. What what do you think people should be researching? What's the question that you need to know? And they could submit as many as they liked um, for ideas of these questions. So you end up with you know, th- hundreds of questions, a lot of which look similar. A lot of people have similar ideas and raise similar issues, but they're all slightly different. We then did a literature review to look at whether those questions had already been answered. So obviously what we want to do is pick up unmet needs. There's a possibility mm-hmm. that some things that get suggested actually already have had an answer. It's just that people didn't know. And then you go into a second survey where you ask the same people now to prioritise those questions So to do that, you take your hundreds of different questions, you form what we call indicative questions. So they're questions where you take the different elements that that are all around the same question, like who gets psoriatic arthritis or how do we treat psoriatic arthritis? And you put all of them into a kind of example question, then they're what get ranked. So that gives you a good idea from a, a big number of people how you think those questions should be ranked. And then all of that data comes into a final workshop. So as Louise said, that had to pivot to being online. But we had that workshop online with an even bigger group of patients, uh, carers and clinicians to discuss in little focus groups. And we had four different facilitators from the James Lind Alliance for that bit of the process. We had lots of support on the day to get that through. Uh, and that helps to devise the final top 10. So what what did you find? What were your key findings and the surveys and refinement and then the final top 10 priorities? So when we did our final workshop, we took the top 18 ranking questions from the second survey that Laura's mentioning. So at that stage, we had 18 questions to prioritise. And what we were trying to achieve at the workshop was to agree the top 10 um, and actually, that went very well. There was good agreement between um, the clinicians, the carers and the patients. And our top 10 question that came out was, what is the best strategy for managing patients with psoriatic arthritis, including non-drug and drug treatments? So it's a very broad question. A lot of the questions are very broad still, but it really encompasses that 
we still don't know the answer to the best way to manage patients who have psoriatic arthritis. Yeah, so I think that that one was probably the, the biggest. And actually, when we split into those different focus groups in the workshop, that was the one question everybody agreed should be ranked top. So it was a really easy winner. <laughs> um, as Louise said, all of those indicative questions are quite broad. It's not like we're suggesting one single research study. Um, I could think of 20 different studies that we would do that would address that need, that top 10 question. Um, but it gives us that focus, I think, initially for what things are important. But we did see a good variety of different things as well. So we had questions around prognosis, around who actually gets psoriatic arthritis. Can we predict it or prevent it? Um, about comorbidities, about managing flare-ups. That was definitely a big one that the patients um, felt was very important. And I guess from the more clinician and researcher side, how we measure outcomes, how we know if drugs are working, what we can learn more about long-term risks and benefits of treatment, uh, and thinking about that tissue-specific aspect of psoriatic arthritis. So obviously, it's such a heterogeneous condition that actually it's really important to know which drugs work for peripheral joints, for skin, for tendons. Um, so thinking about breaking that down and learning more about the efficacy of the drugs that we have. And I also realized that you had to narrow down from about 1,000 questions that you received uh, in the first survey. I mean, that's a mind-boggling task. Another interesting thing that even you pointed out was the priorities for the clinicians was the treatment. And for the patients, it was identifying what causes flares what leads to flares. So I think that was really interesting. What do you think are the limitations of uh, such a research? I mean, other than that we can't, we end up having a lot of broad-ended questions. And uh, what is your future agenda? Yeah, so I think obviously things will change. The questions that we have now are not necessarily going to be the best questions for forever. Um, but I think this gives us a good idea and, and the broadness of those questions means that I think this should be applicable for you know a good number of years into the future. Um, it it does still always represent the views of the people that we can get hold of. We did a lot of work to try and get these surveys out to as many people as possible. But like most surveys, we struggle to get responses from men. Um, we struggle to get responses from certain communities who maybe don't speak English well, um, who couldn't access the survey as it was online. So groups from poorer socioeconomic groups. So there is still a limitation in terms of who we hear from. But I think it's reassuring that we did see a lot of similar trends coming out from many of the patients and also from the clinicians. And obviously the hope of this is that we look at the impact of the priority setting partnership. So does this change how we're doing research over the next decade or so? And that's something the James Lind Alliance also keep an eye on. And I think there are direct examples. So, for example, in the UK, the National Institute of Health Research, who funds the James Lind Alliance and underpin that have a regular call where you can apply for grants that address a question in any of the James Lind Alliance priorities. So if you're a researcher in PSA, um, that's a good opportunity to apply for research uh, as long as your question is addressing one of these top 10 um, unmet needs. And then they know from the outset as a funder that actually this question is important. They know that they should be funding this kind of research because it will matter to patients and carers and clinicians. So I think the next step is really to look at the impact of this. 
whether it can um, show some influence on funding decisions, um, funding applications and research projects in the future. And hopefully that will support future research in areas that really matter to the people who have psoriatic arthritis. That's that's a very good way of putting the research into perspective. And it's really important that it narrows down the gap in between clinicians, researchers, patients, and caregivers. Thank you so much, Laura and Louise, for taking our time to discuss your paper. And uh, to all the listeners, you can find the paper and a beautiful infographic as well on our website. So do go back and read it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.